0: episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 7, Harry's Will. The original air date for this episode was November 5th, 1990, remember, remember. Um, It was directed by William Garrity, and it was written by Lincoln Kibbe. Describe this episode in brief.
1: Well, this episode's a little hard to describe in brief, yeah, because it's full of so much craziness and so many people. <laughs> but base, the basic gist is that MacGyver uh, goes to the reading of Harry's will, and he's given a list of strange instructions to follow, right? Uh, amongst other people who are also following similar similar instructions from Harry.
0: Right. It's kind of like *Less Than An Evil*, but. <laughs> It's like a but, lesson in But it's funny.
1: Good. It's like it's like we we did a horrible thing with Lesson and Evil as far as like bringing it down. Right. Let's bring it back up with a funnier lesson. It's than.
0: like Lesson and Fun. <laughs> was there. What, what year did um, Die Hard, uh, the, the third one, come out?
1: Uh, uh, in the mid 90s, for sure.
0: So it's definitely after this. Yeah, yeah oh <laughs> yeah. It's long it after just this. It reminded me a lot of uh, of Lesson and Evil, actually. <laughs> uh, die, die, hard, die Hard with a Vengeance? Yeah, just. With, the, with oh, all like the, the clues Simons, and the, yeah, the Simons, yeah, yeah. there, and, and a psychopath leading them around the city and stuff.
1: It's good times.
0: Yeah, but that's that's uh, a <laughs> that's for our that di- episode.
1: That's for our Die Hard podcast. Tune in, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, uh, where do we start this episode? Oh,
1: uh, we start this episode at the office of Wilton Newberry. Uh, uh, basically, uh, he's, he's I guess he's Harry's attorney, right? This is uh, the
0: first and only appearance of our executive producer yep. of the series.
1: Yep, yep, Mr. Mr. The Fonz.
0: Yes, Henry Winkler himself, um, <laughs> and who would go on to play an attorney later Yeah, yeah. development to uh, claim.
1: I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, this was the inspiration.
0: <laughs> yeah, it could have been because he's actually like really funny. Here yeah, already. yeah. Uh,
1: because as soon as MacGyver walks in, he won't speak to him. Right. Because. Uh, because it's six fifty nine
0: and he's just sort of pantomiming like like can't can't do it can't do anything
1: gotta wait because MacGyver was supposed to be there as exactly at seven right and when finally the clock does strike seven Wilton Newberry goes and at seven I was told not to conduct any business before this time yeah so Harry hired me because of my attention to detail right uh, so that that's like his whole thing is uh He's he's very meticulous, I guess. Right. And, and he's he's handing MacGyver an envelope, and I'm supposed to hand you this envelope at this precise moment.
0: Yeah. Presumably 701, because yeah. it has not been that long.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, inside uh, the envelope is a set of instructions for MacGyver and a little bit of a riddle. Right. Um, along with, uh, uh, I guess, a... J- well, there's a riddle, and there's also a set of simpler instructions, like go to this place, <laughs> yeah. and there'll be something waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah,
0: none of these clues are super difficult.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of them are. Like, like the well, we'll get into we'll get into the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, little, the little things a little later. Um, but this this first thing is is really obvious. He's supposed to head down to this uh, garage, and there's a surprise there waiting for him. Right. What well, surprise could be waiting at, at a garage? A garage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, so at the same time, Abe Vigoda is being released from jail. Right. <laughs> I refer to him only in my notes as Abe Vigoda. Right. His name's Cody, uh, and to, more to the point, his name is Bill Cody. Right. Uh, which there is a Buffalo Bill joke later. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh it's Abe Vigoda. Yeah. Playing the part that only Abe Vigoda can play.
0: Yeah. And I always think of him as Saltesio from from Godfather, but he's obviously a huge IMDb yeah, yeah, page, yeah. so there's too many credits to even get into. Yeah, he, but he also had r- regular appearances on Conan O'Brien, where he would just like sort of show up at the last Yeah, second. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I think one of them was, it was like, William Shatner and Abe Vigoda riding a tandem bike, and they just <laughs> rode
0: by, yeah.
1: and that was it. Yeah,
0: um, He's kind of like the Matt Damon from... For the Jimmy Kimmel Show, yeah, where yeah they yeah. just kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, Andy is here, by the way. <laughs> like he's just sitting at the chair all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Or they would do a lot of like remote things with him, and he would be like on green screen and stuff like that. But, um, and then he just passed away. What was a few year ago? ago? Yeah, yeah. Not, I think it was this year, right?
1: Um, it was with definitely within a year. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Funny guy, though. Uh, but yeah, he's getting out of prison, and he's basically being followed out of the prison by a couple other people one of them being like the the chef of the prison yeah it's like i guess was the assistant chef until a was released (laughs) and it's like hey you forgot something and it sounds like he's like threatening him but it's like like oh you you left your recipes and he's like oh no you can have that
1: (laughs) yeah uh the character is only referred to as tiny which obviously is one of those ironic names because he's very small yeah
0: (laughs) um and the, the character here is played by Lyle Alzado, who had a 20-year NFL career. Um, he played with the Browns and the Raiders and the Broncos. And I guess he ended up passing away when he was 43, which was actually three months before John Anderson, who was supposed to have been dead before this episode started. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but then Abe uh, Vigoda basically says he's, like, leaving that part of his life behind. You keep the recipes. Um, mm-hmm. I, got, I got somewhere to be because Harry planned his – passing so well that he yeah. knew exactly when this guy was getting out of prison.
1: Uh, yeah. So Abe Vigoda hails a cab and we immediately get, uh, a set of, uh, hardcore looking bikers on a, on a trike, right. Uh, following them, uh, following Abe Vigoda and the cabbie and behind him is another unmarked van that kind of looks like a sci-fi kind of van. Yeah. It's like, it's like a super eighties van uh, but it's not like an A Team van. It's like a slick, stylish kind of van. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what kind of car it is.
0: It's like the van that Tango and Cash would drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the two uh, biker gang characters are played by Dick Butkus, <laughs> who is the character's name is Earl Dent, and he'll actually come back for a couple more episodes. Um, he'll be in High Control and Split Decision. And, uh, of course, Dick Butkus played for eight years with the Bears, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a mainstay of the football scene. And then da Bears. Da Bears. And then uh, the other, the other uh, biker character is... Uh, Big Mama. Yeah, Big Mama, who is... Um,
1: Wendy O. Williams.
0: Right. Wendy O. Williams, who I guess you said was... I mean, I, I'm not actually familiar with her music, but you said she played with... Yeah. Plasmatics.
1: The, yeah. The plasmatics was, a uh, was the name of like that. I think that she was most famous for, but she was a singer and songwriter and, right. uh, yeah. So it's like maybe, maybe in, in, at this point, maybe she, more people would recognize her. Right. Uh, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, according to the MacGyver project, uh, Wendy was actually the inspiration for Koopa's only daughter, Wendy O. Koopa, <laughs> which is an amazing piece of trivia. Yeah, but uh, all the kids are named after musicians, and she just happened to get the only female slot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was well, you know it's kind of an honor. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like mean, like considering all the female pop stars you could you could choose from.
0: Yeah, but you so the the other kids you have Morton Koopa Jr. who is Named after Morton Downey Jr., Iggy Koopa, who's named after Iggy Pop, Roy Koopa is Roy Orbison, obviously. Um, Lemmy Koopa is Lemmy Mister. Ludwig von Koopa is a mystery to all. And uh, Larry Koopa is actually not named after any musician. <laughs> For some reason, they just threw threw Larry Stooges in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh,
1: yeah. I, I was gonna go with Perfect Strangers, but that works too. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a cousin. Right, cousin yeah. Larry. He's uh. the,
0: Perfectly strange one.
1: That was always about Iggy. Yeah, as far as like the, goop he had kids. the mohawk and yeah. the glasses. Yeah, right. Because yeah. that's exactly what I look like. <laughs> exactly. There For you people go. who are wondering what I look like.
0: Yeah, big mohawk, green,
1: <laughs> spiked shell. <laughs> <laughs> always helping my father kidnap princesses.
0: Yeah. He's always carrying a rattle around. They all have like baby rattles or
1: something. They they all had like uh, different Different kind of batons. Yeah, well, because in their first appearance in the Mario Three, they
0: were babies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, So MacGyver then heads to the garage, Mel's, uh, and we get our next big cameo. Mel uh, is played by Jesse White. Right. Uh, Jesse White is probably. I mean, he's a comedian, and but. And he's probably most notably known for his portrayal of the Maytag Man. Right. Which the, is
0: why he's dressed as the Maytag Repairman here.
1: Yeah. And and for those of you who don't know, because it, it really – I don't think it's a huge campaign anymore. But the, the, the whole joke was that the Maytag, Maytags are like built for life. Right. So the Maytag Repairman is like, like always waiting for someone to call yeah. him.
0: He doesn't have anything to do, so he just ends up sitting around all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> And then people call him, but it's not for an emergency.
1: Yeah, uh, and so yeah, so he's pretty famous for playing that character. But um, I, like, you see him in old movies all the time. Yeah. And uh, my, one of my favorite roles that he played was in the movie Harvey, uh, with Jimmy Stewart. Right. He's one of the uh, orderlies at the mental institution who's trying to track him down and, right. and catch him. And
0: ends up following him out to the bars and everything. Yeah, and yeah. Trying to get, get a hold of him.
1: Uh, so uh, Mel is a uh, you know showing MacGyver around the garage and, and there's a, a vehicle, clearly, under a big sheet. Right. And we get this kind of crazy reveal slash cutaway where you see the sheet being pulled towards the camera, but as it comes down, it's still at the garage, but it's no longer that scene. Right. It's now Abe Vigoda talking to Mel about where the car is. Yeah. Uh, and Mel saying, oh, you know, let's check, go, you should check down at Speedy's garage over, uh, over down the street, you know.
0: Needed some work when it left here.
1: Yeah, because it's probably been sitting there for a while. Uh, so, uh, so Avogota now heads down to Speedy's garage, and and of course Dent, Big Mama, and the unmarked van
0: all follow. All follow. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, at Speedy's garage, uh, so we, I like I like this cameo. I think just because it's it was probably, like, a really easy day's work for him. Yeah. But we see Speedy fast asleep in his chair. Right. Like, completely leaning back. Donut still clutched in his fingers. Yeah. Um, and Speedy is played by the great James Dewan yes. Or Doohan, uh, depending on how you want to say it. I think it's supposed to be... He's Scottish, so it's probably Doohan.
0: Yeah, I think Doohan sounds right. Uh, uh,
1: for those of you who don't know, you're ridiculous. This is Scotty.
0: Scotty from Star Trek? Uh and according uh, to IMDb Trivia, um, James Duhant's Scotty was killed and resurrected by a machine called the Nomad in Star Trek Season 2, Episode 3, the Changeling. <laughs> and this car is a Nomad.
1: Yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah. Uh, James Duhance is great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really think that Simon Pegg plays him so well.
0: Yeah, he does a great job. And I guess you said the Third one's pretty great. Yeah,
1: actually. I honestly i liked i liked this new Star Trek better than either of the other two. Yeah, I haven't um, had
0: a chance to check it out. I didn't care much for Beyond, or no, Beyond is the new one. In, in, Into Darkness. One? Into Darkness. Yeah, Into yeah. Darkness
1: was a little not rough not
0: so much for me, but I like the first one okay. Yeah. But just okay.
1: Yeah, I, I I I'm a huge Star Trek fan, as you as you know. Yeah. But now listeners know, um, so I have a lot of like Star Trek problems with it. But I still think they're entertaining movies. Yeah. I, I just have, like, serious story problems. And their and their place in the Star Trek universe is still not a favorite, yeah. favorite topic of mine.
0: But it helps when someone who actually cares about the franchises behind the work. Right. Which is why having Simon Pegg write the third one was probably a really smart decision.
1: And having Justin Lin direct it. Like, as far as just, like, really creative, crazy directors. It's like, oh, Justin Lin? Okay. Yeah, yeah I can get behind that.
0: I could, I could see... Michael Bay doing one. I, I would be totally cool <laughs> That would with that. be the craziest Star Trek yeah. ever. I don't know how you do practical explosions in space. Yeah, but he'd figure it out. That's that's his specialty. <laughs> did did Kurtzman and Orky write the second one too or just the first? Um
1: one? I believe they also wrote the second one. Okay. Um, is, I'm I'm blanking, but I'm pretty right. sure that they did.
0: Cuz I've enjoyed a lot of their work, but sometimes I think they just get rushed because you know, the studio goes out and says, this is the day the movie's coming out. And yep. it's like, oh, crap. That's what yeah. we have to be done by.
1: Yeah, this whole this whole filmmaking process is a little bit backwards now. Yeah. Um, they, they they announce release dates for films that they haven't even written yet.
0: Yeah, before they've even hired the writers sometimes. Yeah. It's like, that's not how this should work at all.
1: Um, especially for movies like comic book movies. Yeah. Like where they have like a, a huge universe that they're trying to build. Yeah, but
0: that's what's nice about the MCU stuff is they – went and got all their directors and writers before they even started. Yeah, and yeah. like, hey, you, you need to start working on something like this. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to announce it in like six years.
1: I mean, see, that, that troubles me, though, for like Star Wars. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the first Star Wars came out and they said, all right, uh, two years from now, you better have the next Star Wars movie done. <laughs> yeah. Better hope nothing happens to anybody. There's
0: going to be a Star Wars movie that comes out every year for the rest of our lives, though. Yeah,
1: so... Something to maybe look forward to. Yeah. So um, Rogue One looks awesome. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Nomad, as you as you mentioned, is revealed, uh, and it's going to be the car MacGyver's new car for a while. Yeah. Um, he'll be driving the Nomad versus it's not the even Jeep.
0: Even the first one that he inherited from Harry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what he's been driving with the pickup truck from from Harry. Right.
1: Yeah. Like the the trademark MacGyver Jeep has not been present for some time. Yeah. Uh, he has switched to the the truck, and now he's on he, – he will now be driving the Nomad more frequently.
0: I actually feel like this and the truck were pretty impractical compared to the Jeep for MacGyver. Oh, I feel like yeah. A, a, the Jeep just feels more like the proper MacGyver vehicle just because well, – he's on the can, road a lot. Yeah, because it's supposed to be durable. You don't want to be driving like a classic car, like off-roading in the middle of nowhere.
1: Generally, you only drive it when you're driving it to a car show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, – Because you get in free if you have – <laughs> what is the I'm trying to remember the the tagline from the end of the those auto show radio commercials come oh. like, in with a pre1947 car and, you're and your admissions tickets, free admissions free
1: uh, I have a – my father has a couple of friends who are like classic car guys and yeah and and they're, they're they're like they're classic car guys to the point where they'll drive it to somewhere uh, for breakfast and then they'll open up the hood. So everyone can see how clean and and pristine the interior engine is and just leave it open as they go somewhere. Yeah. Just so people can come by and look at it. Like they're very trusting, uh, but also like very kind of, there's a lot of ego that goes into that. But yeah, definitely. um,
0: When I was working at keep me posted in Burbank, it was right next to a Bob's big boy and like I don't know what it was like every, the first Friday of every month or something like that mm-hmm. but it would be like a classic car show in the Bob's Big Boy parking lot. Yeah. And so every single car would have the hood open and there like the Batmobile was there on a regular oh, nice. basis and like, like all these the, other But the that a must one I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um they would have all these cool cars out there all the time. But you could always tell cuz you're just sitting at your desk and you just hear these engines revving and you're like oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's classic car day. <laughs>
1: Uh, so MacGyver is working on the nomad, you know, uh, just tinkering around. He's got it on a lift, and he brings it down, and that's when Abe Vigoda shows up. And at first, like MacGyver is like, I, "Well, who are you? Excuse me." Yeah. Um. But uh, Abe Vigoda kind of like slips in a line about, "I can't. I don't know what card game they're talking about, though." Like, he's, yeah. you, you say stand pat. It's like I don't know if, like, it doesn't sound like a blackjack term. Uh, but he talks about he's talking about a dealer versus. The player. Right. So it's some kind of a uh, gambling game. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, maybe stand pad is an old term for staying. Just in general, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's when MacGyver realizes that this is uh, uh, Bill Cody, an uh, old friend, friend of, of Harry. His, of his grandfather. And and a, and a person he's known since he was a kid. Right. And uh, and and he's – if it goes, no qualms about saying, that, oh, yeah, I just got released from prison.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like he—he's yeah, he's he, not trying to hide his origin story at all. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, and uh, but he starts asking MacGyver a lot of questions about the car. Like, did you find anything weird inside? Um, and MacGyver says no, which then proves to be like. Basically, he didn't look in the car at all. Yeah, because there is something weird inside the the car. car, Yeah, (laughs)
0: Uh, that I would things that you would notice at a first moment's glance that he didn't even bother to like look in the windows.
1: Yeah, so I think MacGyver's kind of shrugging him off.
0: (laughs) Things that he should have even heard rattling around just driving it here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And uh, so, uh, you know, MacGyver's working on the car, and uh, they're gonna start it up and getting ready to drive it but then abe says oh wait 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 you're missing your radiator cap right
0: and so he sends macgyver <laughs> off to. i mean i guess he's not getting it from this shop he's he, yeah. like an auto parts place like right around the corner so mm-hmm. he's like okay well i'm gonna go get it over there you hang out here with the car right that just get out of prison
1: yeah per, per, who, who who's more trusting yeah at least he can id him um uh, So uh, as as MacGyver leaves, Abe starts like searching the car and he finds a a hidden compartment in the back seat with a note addressed to him.
0: Yeah, because Harry foresaw everything that's going to happen today, including Mm -hmm. Bill finding a way to get MacGyver away from the car long enough for him to check it for notes.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and inside uh, the note is another riddle for Abe Vigoda. Right. Uh, So he's like doesn't quite understand what's going on and this is when uh dent and big mama show up right and 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 cody recognizes dent right away yeah and and because dent wants what he calls the diamond pendant and he goes like i never said anything about a diamond pendant i would never say anything he's like you talk in your sleep (laughs) right
0: yeah It, it just reminds me of like shawshank like the whole like prison secrets like screwing you after after jail and things like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, apparently, Earl Dent served time uh, in the cell next to Cody's, right? And uh, and overheard him in his sleep talking about getting the diamond pendant, which I guess he must have been really specific in his talking. Yeah, he must have
0: just blatantly spelled out the whole backstory, which I don't think we get here yet. But not yet. But.
1: Not yet. Um, so uh, Dent grabs uh, Abe Vigoda and like gives him the the clue. And and then Big Mama just goes, bonk him.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, so, and then they bonk him. Yeah. The dentist if head slams Abe Vagoda and yeah. knocks him out, but then they steal the car.
0: Yeah. And even even here in the nineties, the, the in nineteen ninety, uh, Abe Vagoda seems too old to wake up from a head a head. Butt. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh and uh, and so MacGyver is walking across the street and sees his car tear out of the garage and then drive down the street, hubcaps rolling off from the from the intensity of the turn.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Uh. And so like the next scene is that MacGyver is being uh, questioned and giving a a stolen car report to a police officer.
0: Yeah.
1: And of <laughs> course. Uh,
0: Police officer played by a former police Police officer officer. character.
1: Yeah, Marion Ramsey, uh, basically reprising her role as Officer Hooks from the Police Academy movies.
0: Uh, She is in at least the first six. I think that's all of them. Uh, Is there a seventh one?
1: I can't. The last one is The Mission to Moscow, but very few of them appear, of the originals, appear in that. Basically, Lassard is, like, the only one who's in every movie. Yeah. Yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, she she's, she, they never flat out say her name, but she's pretty much playing Officer Hooks. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Police Academy was so much older than this. Like I knew it was in the eighties, but it I, was
0: all done by the time this cameo came. Yeah. There the
1: there was like four Police Academy movies by this time or yeah. something like that. It was like, it was like, Oh,
0: well, that's how I felt when Robert England showed up and I was like, Oh, this is already a couple, uh, Fred Freddy's. The, yeah. Into yeah. The series. Yeah.
1: So Officer Hooks, you know, takes the report and that, that's that's the end of her appearance. And uh uh and uh Abe Vigoda is just kinda like realizing that uh the note that from Harry uh with the riddle is mentioning uh mentioning the bird and over on third and a habit. Right. And so at this point Abe Vagoda realizes that it must be the chicken habit that's over on third. Yeah. And, uh,
0: it's so he, kind of like uh, the black corsage where the implication is that some jewel has been stashed in yeah. in a statue that wouldn't have been a super long standing statue. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so if Vagoda keeps trying to give convince MacGyver is hey, are you hungry? Let's go get some chicken. Yeah. I, I, we should we should head down there right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, the bird on third.
1: Yeah. So uh, at this point the phone at Speedy's garage rings, and of course, speedy is still fast asleep through yeah. all this through like people driving cars and like yelling and, and like nothing nothing's woken him up yet
0: But the phone ringing
1: yeah and so macgyver answers the phone for him uh and that's there's a, a mysterious person on the on the phone telling him where the nomad is right and we see from the other angle of the phone if that would you call that a the other angle? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> How would you describe the other end of the phone? Yeah. Um, we uh, we see just, again, the mystery driver in the van with black They're gloves. They're very careful
0: to avoid showing us a face or yeah. anything.
1: Um, and he, he tells them where that the Nomad is at a warehouse outside of town and uh, just and hangs he, up the phone.
0: And is he doing an impression here for this Not, voice?
1: Well, he's just kind of doing like a, like a deep voice yeah. impression. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely get some crazier impressions from this time, guy.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, MacGyver and Abe head out to this anonymous tip. And just as they're leaving, um, I don't know what they're driving at this point. I'm assuming, well, they must have MacGyver's truck nearby. Yeah. Because how else did he get to this town? Right. Uh, no, that's right. Because they are driving the truck. In tr- the next scene, they are driving the yeah. truck. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Uh, but before they leave, uh, Speedy in his uh, slumber and his donut clutched in his fingers, finally slips out of his fingers and then gently splashes into a cup of coffee that's directly beneath beneath, <laughs> beneath yep. the donut. And the soft intensity of the splash was enough to wake him up. Yeah. And he goes – Like
0: in a, in a full startle.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of uh, – Does he even have a line? Or does yeah. He just, he, says, he, just, he just says, what was that?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's all he says in the whole episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like they—they've gone. They went through lengths like not to do the obvious thing with these cameos, like not to have them go Captain. Except, like, except for with Hooks. Well, yeah, but but she doesn't. They don't call her Hooks. Yeah. I mean, they obviously she's playing a police officer, so yeah. that that is kind of the thing. But and and James doing is playing a mechanic, uh, you know, which right, is kind yeah, of similar yeah, to sense. an engineer. Uh, uh, but uh, like you know, they don't. Blatantly, like make him say a Star Trek line. And
0: Andrew is playing a criminal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's all. You know what? It, you know what? Never mind. I was totally wrong. They are. They are just playing up to these people's.
0: And Henry Gibson's playing a drive thru customer, <laughs> just like he he was in real life.
1: I'm sure he was many times.
0: Presumably. Uh,
1: and so at the warehouse, they that's where they find Dent and Big Mama tearing the. Kind of tearing the car apart. They're they're exploring yeah. and looking through, and again, they also didn't find the items in the back seat to be suspicious or interesting right. at all. So they don't they don't even bring them up.
0: But they're not doing permanent damage to the car. No, it's no, no. It's no. not like a, a three for the road situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. They're 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 just do, giving it a very thorough search. Yeah. Um. And so MacGyver and Abe try to uh, try to sneak in quietly, uh, and. I don't know what the purpose was at this point. I mean, they've already seen them with the car. They know where they are, but they, they MacGyver waits until they're deep inside the warehouse to say you should go call 911. Yeah. It's like, well, you should have had him do that right away. Uh, or maybe
0: even before you got out of the car tell him that. Yeah. Cuz he doesn't need to follow you in here.
1: Um but I do like I do I do like this like this whole situation of like we have to be quiet but we, we need to communicate instructions. And he's like, go call 911. It's like, I don't have any change. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like,
0: okay, 911. Like he has to remember the number yeah. before he leaves. Uh, one of
1: Abe Vigoda's trademark things, especially in this episode, is that he just repeats things that people say yeah. in his Abe Vigoda style. Yeah. Um, but before he leaves, I don't know what his intention was here. Because he goes over and starts up the trike. That's sitting over by the side of the garage. I guess
0: he thought he was helping by distracting them. It just ends up calling attention to the fact that they're there.
1: Um, you know what? It just occurred to me. Maybe he was gonna. That's what he was gonna drive.
0: To where though?
1: Uh, so the have habit.
0: Oh, he was just gonna ditch MacGyver. And I go think. I hit, think that. Maybe.
1: I think that that's maybe what was happening. Because he starts it up, but then he like slips his hand. and He puts it into gear.
0: Yeah, and he loses control of it. And yeah. It just plows through the garage door out he- into the. And and, yeah, stuff. It's, yeah. It's
1: like it's like this is like in a marshland almost, yeah. a wetland. And if then Wendy's
0: like, my try, My try." And and,
1: and her whole thing throughout this whole episode is she's got these really long blonde bangs that keep covering up her eyes. Yeah, so she keeps having to blow yeah. in front of her face to get them to move.
0: Yeah, she's funny in this.
1: Uh, and so yeah, so they're immediately caught. They they're at they're at gunpoint. Uh, and uh. And so they put them down into the uh, the vehicle pit because this is this is also some kind of like garage like car garage yeah. might even be the same car garage just from a different angle. Uh, yeah. Uh, but they, you know they're down in the vehicle pit and they're and Dent is lowering a uh, uh, car that has no uh, no wheels or rims on it. It's like it's right down to the axle, and so if when, once it's on the ground, it's on the ground. Yeah. Uh, they're, they keep lowering it, clo- you know, while MacGyver and Abe are down on the ground, and Abe is totally unwilling to negotiate. Yeah, like they want the pendant, and he's like, "I'm, you know, I'm not telling you guys nothing." And <laughs> MacGyver keeps going, "Cody."
0: And then they like threaten to kill MacGyver for the information, yeah. and he's like, "I'm not saying anything." I'm Just like, "Cody." <laughs>
1: and then finally, Abe goes, "Fine, fine." That's when he he explains what the riddle meant. Uh and uh and and you can see like there's like a like a hint in MacGyver's eye, like, oh, I don't think that that's what that riddle means. Yeah. Uh and so Big Mama and Dent end up lowering the car on them anyway, right. And then leaving them in there, uh, while they go check out the chicken habit. Yeah. Uh so Abe Vigoda now at this point, now that he and MacGyver are trapped together, starts going through the whole story of how he came to have the diamond pendant. Right. He was hired by a jeweler who owned a store to rob the store so that they could do an insurance scheme. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know Not if Not unlike the Lost Amadeus when the woman robs the the, yeah, uh, the, pawn, the pawn shop store. that apparently her friend owns.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if him getting caught was inadvertent. They never really explained. He he got caught um and because he wasn't willing to turn on the jewelry store owner, he would, was he was being a good guy here. Yeah. Th- theoretically. Good he, he was well, being a good I think thief. He,
0: he was being a good thief, but I think the plan was originally that he would be splitting some of the money with this guy. Or like the yeah. the well, prize the, was the the diamond pendant the diamond. was the payment. Yeah. And that if you get away with it then you get away with it. And if you don't then you Just don't tell anybody where the pendant went and you get it when you come out of prison.
1: Yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, Abe, since Abe didn't cooperate with the police during his trial, uh, they gave him the maximum sentence.
0: But the guy who ran the store got a payout from his insurance company or he was supposed to, but the insurance company went out of business before he could get a payout. So he's just out a pendant and and didn't get the money.
1: and, And whatever jewelry Abe stole. Right. Uh, and so
0: his his company was already failing, and now he's he's out all this additional money. So yeah. he wants the pendant as badly as if we go to things, he deserves it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and when Abe told Harry about the robbery, uh, a- a- Harry obviously was very upset right. that he would be involved. But he had to know that he was a – I mean maybe Harry knew he was a crook, but he never thought he would stoop to something so low. Yeah. Uh, but Harry agreed to take possession of the pendant and hide it while – Abe was in prison.
0: Which doesn't actually sound like Harry to me. Um, I mean this whole like really like silly goose chase thing doesn't seem like him to me either.
1: Yeah like he came up with a really elaborate plan.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's fun.
1: Yeah it, it's it's a cute story. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know that's when Abe and MacGyver like have more discussion about the riddle and during all this time, MacGyver's working on his escape plan. Yeah, he, he, He's able to reach over to uh, a bunch of deflated inner tubes for tires. Um, and and then he finds, luckily the air compressor is still working in right. this abandoned garage. Uh, so he's able to inflate the inner tube enough to uh, pneumatically lift the car. Right.
0: And to reach the, the air compressor, he has to literally reach up into the car that's above them, pull out the dipstick, and yeah. bend it into a hook so that mm-hmm. he can pull the hose to them.
1: Which is really clever. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they got, they inflate the tire. He lets Abe get out first. Um, and then as MacGyver's trying to climb out, Abe's trying to keep pressure on the tire because it's got a leak. And and MacGyver says, okay, now you should back it off a little bit. Because if gonna, this thing
0: pops, it's going to drop the car off. Yeah,
1: he's like, he's like, <laughs> but Abe can't shut it off. Yeah. So MacGyver has to do, like, an Indiana Jones-style, like... Roll out just as uh, the tire pops and the car comes down.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then MacGyver kind of reveals that he has a note that indicates that Abe's note was a joke.
1: Well, that it has a double meaning. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, because MacGyver's note talks about the chicken being a wild goose. Right. And and so MacGyver realizes that the riddle that could very easily be mistaken for the chicken habit Cause it says, talk to the bird on third, the habit mentions yeah. all those words, but truthfully what it was meant was to lead them to another place, which right. we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. Uh, cause now we get the scene at the chicken habit where right. Dent and big mama have arrived along with Mr. Henry Gibson,
0: Mr. Henry Gibson and a car full of children. Yeah. He's got like 12 kids packed into a little station. Living. Yeah.
1: Um, so, for those of you don't know, Henry Gibson, he also is a longtime comedian. He was on things like I think he was on like Laughing a lot. Yeah. Um, but I know him best as uh, Mr. Klopek from The Dr. Burbs. Doctor Klopek. Oh, I'm so sorry. Of course, <laughs> he didn't go to. Is that a Slavic name? Eight years
0: of <laughs> evil school.
1: Uh, yes, uh, the Burbs, he's classically in that. He's also, because he's in almost every Joe Dante movie. Yeah. So, like, in some way or another.
0: Yeah, we have him as Wormwood and Inner Space. Yeah. He's the head Nazi in the Blues Brothers also. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, obviously John Landis, another John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, no, I guess it's not Joe. John. (laughs)
0: Oh, and in Gremlins too he has a very small scene where he's, he's, like, smoking outside. And the guy catches him on the security camera and he gets fired for it. Mm Mm-hmm uh
1: gremlins 2 is a lot like this episode where it's just like let's just put a bunch of random people in here
0: gremlins 2 is wonderful (laughs) and i prefer it to gremlins 1 immensely just because you can tell that they just let him do whatever he wanted yeah they were just like he really didn't want to do a second movie and they were like here's a ridiculous amount of money and you can do whatever you want without any studio intervention yeah it's like okay you're going to let me that, do whatever I want? That I'm sounds gonna make, great. I'm going to make a crazy vegetable gremlin. I'm going to yep. make a Batman gremlin. <laughs> I'm going to make...
1: You You know I'm Joe Dante, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to
0: make an electricity <laughs> gremlin, a lady gremlin, an intelligent gremlin. Like, it was just such a fun movie. And there's all these really great, like, meta bits that are, like, trying to mess with the audience. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's just a great... I, one of my favorite theater experiences was going to a midnight screening of gremlins 2 at the new beverly and sitting directly to my right was quentin tarantino and to his right was joe dante and they were just <laughs> talking for the entire movie it was get, like getting a director's commentary And you,
1: you, you wanted to just go shh
0: well did, at first i didn't realize they were sitting in my row i knew they were both there because it, it was while quentin was programming one of his festivals mm-hmm. but joe dante got up and spoke before the movie so i knew he was there yeah yeah and then um the movie just started and they, they played like – Joe Dante picked a bunch of trailers to go before it that were all like oh, of references that got made in the movie. And obviously a trailer for the first Gremlins. But then uh, – and the guy next to me wouldn't stop talking and i very uncomfortable in that situation. I never like to tell people to stop talking even yeah. though it drives me crazy. And then as soon as I realized it was Quentin, I was like, okay, now I'm just going to listen to you. Yeah. I don't even care what you say.
1: In fact, I'm going to pretend to fall asleep and lean on your shoulder. Yeah,
0: but <laughs> – and and Joe Dante's like pre-movie speech was basically that, that Gremlins 2 was just, I could do whatever I wanted, and so I did, and that's why this is one of my favorite movies that I ever worked on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I wish every movie was like that, with just cameo fest. Like, every single person I can get a hold of that mm-hmm. will show up for one day or one line. Yeah. But this, this episode is really fun for the same reason.
1: God, I miss Joe Dante movies.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's still around, he just doesn't have much going on
1: yeah it, it's hard for him to get stuff financed because his style i don't want to say his style's dated but he's got his own very unique style and if you don't really appreciate it
2: yeah
0: then
1: you don't get it and i really appreciate his movies
0: yeah but henry gibson here will come back as pinky burnett in yeah. uh, the deadly silence yeah
1: this, this is just a momentary like like little joke where he like he's got he's trying to get the car, kids under control so he just screams at them to shut up yeah um, and while he's talking to them, well, talking to the, uh, oh yeah. We also mentioned that the drive-thru is a giant chicken. Right. Uh, and so as Ava, you're figured,
0: actually talking to the bird on yeah. third.
1: And, uh, that's when, uh, Big Mama and Dent arrive and just start dismantling, aggressively dismantling the chicken. Yeah. But they tell Henry Gibson to continue with his order. So that's of course okay. he it's does.
0: undergoing repairs.
1: Uh but MacGyver now tells Abe that the real meaning of the puzzle was that the bird is a nun and because nuns wear habits, right. and apparently this soup kitchen is also on third. Right. Uh so hopefully not too close. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh so Mac brings them to meet uh Sister Robin. And Sister Robin is played oh, by Robin
0: Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh was just like uh, and an un-PC term for a lady.
1: Oh, no! I was thinking more like the penguin.
0: Oh, that works too. Like, Because she's a nun. All kinds of bird references. Here. Yeah,
1: yeah. A, you can't lie to one nun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sister Robin is played by Marion Ross, Mississippi. Right.
0: Our second Marion R. Yeah. Episode. <laughs> uh, definitely a favor called in by our executive producer, Henry Winkler. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, don't, I guess Ron Howard would have been semi famous at this point as a director. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't get him to. I don't
0: know why he didn't show up.
1: Could have been Ronnie Howard. No one would have known.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea why I stopped acting, Homer? Because you weren't cute anymore? Agreed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me be center square. I'm ready. <laughs> I like that. I like that because like like the, like an episode or two before that was the the Ron Howard Alec Baldwin Kim Basinger one yeah um, and Ron Howard just kept showing up for episodes
0: after that yeah
1: <laughs> it was kind of like Chuck Mangione like, on oh, King of the this Hill guy's
0: funny we should just keep inviting him back
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you ever see like the the Chuck Mangione stuff on King of the I don't Hill I think I did <laughs> he was like a running gag for like two and a half seasons <laughs> he's just always in an episode
0: <laughs> King of the Hill's another amazingly underrated show.
1: Uh so uh sister Robin has also gotten a note from Harry and and along with a package. And but the note specifically said to not give the package to Abe until he cooked a meal for everybody. Right. And and she's all and Harry was very specific. No meal, no package. And of course Abe repeats it, no meal, no package. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh so of course Abe is forced to uh, do this. And uh, so Dent and Big Mama now have completely destroyed the chicken. There's nothing left.
0: And they- they're getting uh, spoken to by the employee inside the chicken yeah. restaurant. Is like, um, my boss wants to know what you guys are doing out yeah. there. Uh,
1: we're replacing it with a turkey. But then another voice comes up over the intercom. Right. Which sounds like Jimmy Stewart, who was still alive at the time. Yeah. But – this isn't Jimmy
0: Stewart. No. And we go back in like from the other angle of this uh, conversation and we see that now that there's a hand over the mouth of the employee of this chicken yeah. restaurant and someone else is taking over the microphone.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, hiding the identity. All we see is like black gloves and then like there's like a kind of a they basically the voice tells them to go over to the sister Ruth's uh, sister Ruth, sister Robin, uh soup kitchen. Yeah. And uh, then he just kind of like a, a, ma- a maniacal kind of like giggly laugh. Yeah. Like like this is all part of his plan. Secretly hoping that this was Harry, not yeah. really dead. <laughs> <laughs> I faked my death, bud. Uh,
0: Practiced I... impressions until I was ready to confuse the hell out of you.
1: Um, at the soup kitchen, everyone is uh, praising Abe Vigoda's meal, right? Uh, including an older woman who comes up and asks if she, she can have the secret to his recipe. And this woman, uh, also semi-famous, right. Sandra Gould, uh, who I best know as one of the Gladys Kravitz right. – one, one of the Gladys Kravitzes yeah. of uh, the TV sitcom Bewitched.
0: Right. And I think you said she w- she ended up – she was the replacement when the, the first actress yeah. passed away or left the series. Yeah. But then she kind of became the better known one. Yeah,
1: because she was the one who, who was more the trademark Abner,
0: Abner. Yeah. Uh, and I, according to her IMDb page, she's really good friends with Marion Ross, yeah. which is probably how she ended up in this episode.
1: So so I, I like to think that, that Henry Winkler called up Marion Ross and said, hey, uh, would you mind maybe doing a real quick appearance on the show? He's like, can, uh, can Sandra Gould be on the show? Yeah. I, I, I guess. I, I don't know why not.
0: <laughs> and I'm assuming that Dick Buck has had a hand in bringing Lyle Alzado onto the episode, too. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel, through the NFL connection.
1: I feel like all this stuff was just like – if you know someone else who wants to be on the show or yeah. who likes the show, call them up and they can be in the show.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: don't know how Scotty got involved. but and
0: I, Yeah, and I feel like Jesse White, it's kind of connected to this villain eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. probably knew each other.
1: Uh, so Sister Robin then keeps up her end of the bargain and hands over the package. Right. Uh, so as soon as they open it, we see the diamond pendant, which is more than just a diamond. It's like sapphires and rubies. Uh, this thing is worth a lot, yeah. a lot more than they're implying that it's worth. Yeah. Uh, but before they can examine it closer, closely, even though MacGyver also once again is making kind of a,
0: a mental note,
1: like a mental note that this that, that there's something about that pendant. Yeah. Uh, Dent and Big Mama arrive to take take possession. And uh, and you know, but I like how first Dent comes in and just kind of like points his fingers like guns. He goes, "Everyone freeze!" And then he looks down at his hands and he's kind of like goes, "Ah!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like he forgot his gun. And that's when uh, Big Mama comes in with her gun. Um, and so the they he tries to fight with letting go of the pennant. Yeah. Uh, but they eventually walk off with it. And, uh, but as they both, just after they leave, MacGyver says, don't worry about it. It's a fake. Yeah. I uh, was all scratched up. Yeah. I could, I could easily tell just from a cursory glance. Uh, so one Which of them Which is
0: my- weird. Cause that means that somehow Harry knew that, that Ava Goda was talking to sleep loud enough for someone, someone in another cell to hear him, even though Ava Goda didn't know at the time that anyone knew. And so he was planning on other people trying to interfere and steal the pendant.
1: Uh, I mean, mean, there's a lot of ways that this could have gone. Like he could have thought as soon as Abe got the the fake pendant, who thought it was real and would try to skip town town, and then realized, ah, this isn't the real one uh, and would have had to have come back. Um, But Sister Ruth – I keep calling her Sister Ruth. Where am I getting that from?
0: Because you're just weird. Uh, Maybe, Maybe it was just to force him to work with MacGyver on it. Yeah, because he knew that the first chance that he had that that Cody would just ditch him. Yeah, so it was just like, all right, I'm gonna give him all these like false, f- false clues, switches, yeah, so that he ends up having to come back. And-
1: uh, but Sister Robin's riddle uh, talks about putting all the f- notes side by side, right? And so MacGyver first lays them all out in a row. With all the riddle parts. Now, throughout the whole episode, we've been seeing the back of these index cards. And we can see that there's clearly something on the other side. Right. But none of the characters have noticed yet. Right. Uh, So as MacGyver's laying them across, all of a sudden a gust of wind comes through the window. And we get, like, the gentle tones of, like, this
2: is a ghost. (laughs)
1: Um, And that's when MacGyver sees that on the back is... Clearly, it's very clear just from one quarter of this picture what it is.
0: Yeah, because it's the same picture on all four cards, it's just rotated.
1: Yeah. So I like MacGyver has to, of course, meticulously arrange them all and then Abe Vagoda has to question what is that? It's yeah. like what are you talking about? I could tell from one quarter what it was. Yeah. It's a hockey rink. Yeah. It it's it's a hockey rink.
0: Yeah. If I drew one quarter of a football field, you would know exactly what the rest of it looked like. Yeah.
1: uh, So, yeah. So, yeah. They arrange it. And, of course, uh, again, part of MacGyver's riddle was uh, that his lesson at center, uh, four notes side by side. Right. And MacGyver has a little bit of a, a flashback about... Are
0: we in black and white here for the flashback?
1: It's like a... Black and white ish sepia. Yeah. It's it's almost like the the passages episode. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like the colors just washed out enough.
0: Which by the way, passages clearly indicated that you can't just go back in time and interfere with the living. Like you can observe them via telescope, but you can't like yeah. send gusts of wind to knock things out. Yeah.
1: Well Harry he can. Maybe. He's Harry.
0: Yes, Harry. That's true. He
1: beat the crap out of Anubis and then <laughs> said, right. hey, I got a plan. They, they almost
0: destroyed the ship that ferries people into the afterlife.
1: <laughs> so oh, they, yeah. What, happened, what happens if they just completely yeah. broke the ship? Oh, man. Uh, so MacGyver has a uh, flashback about being a kid at a hockey rink, and it's like the state championship. It's young MacGyver. Uh and it's the face-off at center for overtime. So it's sudden death overtime.
0: Right. And the actor playing young MacGyver here is Shane Meyer, who I think we decided they probably shot the scene of Harry's death yeah. at the same time they were shooting this episode. Because this is the kid that he was fishing with when he had his heart attack that Right. killed him in, in passages. So that was last season, actually. So they probably didn't shoot him at the same time. Yeah, really.
1: probably. But it's, it's weird
0: that that it happens to be the same kid.
1: And that – with Harry again. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at the face-off, MacGyver gets the puck, but then he trips uh, one of the other kids. And the referees don't catch it, but right. Harry sees it. Right. And, uh, but MacGyver manages to get around to the goal and score the winning sudden death overtime goal. But Harry is very displeased and disappointed that MacGyver would intentionally trip somebody. Yeah. And – but he tries – to like, but we won grandpa, uh, which is weird that he calls him grandpa. Because, uh, uh, you know – He told he, him to call him Harry. Yeah. Uh, and, and he goes, you're no winner, bud. Yeah. Uh, so feeling the guilt and wanting his grandfather's approval, MacGyver skates over to the referee uh, who then, I guess, calls off the goal. Like – this is one of those things. This is like Deflate Gate. Like, I don't think that they take it back. Yeah. I think that if you confess to the referee that you trip someone, he would probably go, well, I didn't see it, and we've moved on. No one no one called it. But it
0: seemed like – it's not like they just moved on to the next part of the game. It seems like the game was over. Yeah. But since everyone was still there and it's a kid's game, why not roll the point off? I yeah. Mean, it's not like it's a professional league thing. That's true.
1: Uh, I don't know. So I mean, and we never really find out what happened with the state championship if yeah. they if they got presumably
0: to. they lost nah. because otherwise MacGyver would be playing professional.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, as they arrive at the skating rink, MacGyver and Abe now to the same skating rink from, and we we I guess we're operating under the assumption that this is where MacGyver grew up. This is his hometown. Yeah. Uh. As they get out uh, at the skating rink, MacGyver says, "Oh wait, because he remembers from the flashback that his stick and skates were in the back." And this is where we, you know, we've been talking about this, this whole episode. There's a full set of adult ice skates, yeah, all the hockey and, gear, and the a hockey skates. gear in the back seat in the trunk space yeah. area. And MacGyver never noticed it, and no one ever seemed to mention that
0: it was odd. Yeah, but also MacGyver doesn't need any of it. Like, yeah, it's weird that it's there because he could have just walked out onto the ice. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's, but you know, it's RDA. So he wants to have a, sure. A a nice skating moment. And and this is, I mean, we've seen him ice skate before, but this is like a, really a moment where we're actually seeing him really, really do it. He knows how to turn. He knows how to slide and stop. And it's like, okay, like this guy knows what he's doing on the ice. Uh, so MacGyver's trying to piece together his clue, which is again, his lesson at center. It's like, it's, pretty clear what you're supposed to do, MacGyver. You don't need to piece this together for the yeah. audience. We we all know. Uh, so, of course, he has, heads out the center ice, which you can't see through because it's been painted. Yeah. Um,
0: but the implication that Harry, like, sat here and cut a hole to put something yeah. in, like, just bothers me.
1: <laughs> or the fact that they never melted down the ice and replaced it at any yeah. time. Because... I mean, I get the concept. Like you just keep zamboniing it smooth and all that stuff, but eventually those lines and things are going to fade. Uh, need some work. Someone's going to ice skate, like dig down a little too deep and scrape something off. And you're yeah. going to have to. It needs maintenance. Yeah. Sometimes an ice rink needs maintenance. The,
0: and I said this before in the Black Corsage episode. If you're going to hide jewelry in like a public place, it needs to be something that's going to last a while, not yeah. something that. It needs regular maintenance, mm-hmm. but this is where the pendant is.
1: Yep. Uh, so yeah, MacGyver digs up center ice, and uh, there's the pendant. And uh, just at that moment, uh, Dent and Big Mama arrive with Sister Robin at gunpoint.
0: They, they already figured out that their pendant was fake.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Dent says our fence laughed at us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. That that will. Because um, it was probably
0: plastic. Yeah. Uh,
1: so now there's like a so like she Big Mama wants the pendant, so MacGyver puts it on the ground and says, "Well, here it is." And then he hockey like stick pucks swings it. Yeah. Uh, to her, and when she tries to reach down for it, as it slides past her, she slips and falls. Right. And now we have a uh, temple of doom. Uh, opening sequence club right, right, right. chase where people keep fumbling and sliding and trying to get catch get the yeah. the gun or the pendant and it keeps getting slid away from each other yeah um and dent man he is just every time every chance he gets to hit macgyver he like throws him into the ground yeah he hits him into the wall uh but uh sister robin manages to slide into big mama and knock her out yeah and uh, and MacGyver, okay,
0: and she drops the gun when she gets hit.
1: Yeah, and McGyver's able to skate around and then check dent through the actually right through the glass of the uh, yeah. of the rink. And uh, so and
0: those are that's hard stuff. I mean, like yeah, that's it's supposed, what that's to, it, supposed to shatter. Yeah, because it's it. supposed
1: to take a hockey puck if you hit it at it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at this point, the pendant we see comes to a sliding stop at a pair of. Very fancy shoes. Uh, And then whoever is standing there leans down with one gloved hand and then a gun in the other hand to pick it up. Right. And we see from MacGyver and Abe Vigoda's and Sister Robin's perspective that we can't see who it is. It's too far away. Right. Um, But he's speaking with a very thick German Colonel Klink esque accent. Um, And he reveals himself to be Biff Arnold. And Abe Vigoda's Biff Arnold, the jewelry store owner? you weren't German.
0: <laughs> and then he just switches back to a regular American. Accent. Yeah.
1: He's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Sorry. The, the years haven't been, haven't been good to me. <laughs> um, and we see now that, uh, Biff Arnold is being played by Rich Little, right. who is a actor, comedian and impressionist. impressionist. Yeah. Um, apparently he had been praised by even Mel Blanc, uh, or Blanc as I'm coming to find out that it, that's how you're supposed to say Oh it. really? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's, like, just known as, like, he's just crazy with his impressions.
0: Yeah. And he switches into uh, uh, John Wayne.
1: Yeah, John Wayne or John Hausman. Uh, John Houseman, for people who don't know, like, like was a British-esque, yeah. like, host. Uh, you get to see him in Scrooged a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> as America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so he's he, he slips into Jonathan Winters there's the three Johns John Wayne John Houseman yeah. and Jonathan Winters yeah uh, but he also just re- goes through a bunch of Jonathan Winters material of playing Jonathan yeah. Winters the old woman that Jonathan Winters played the kid uh, the kid that Jonathan Winters played and he's just going crazy yeah. with his his madman stuff so he's got the pendant and MacGyver just kind of interrupts him and goes Hey, uh, can I see that pendant? And he goes, Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and At he, first
0: he's like, What? And he's like, Can you can you hand that to me? Uh, yeah. Anyway, and then he <laughs> just goes back into being weird for yeah. a
1: while. Um, and then so MacGyver then says, Can I now have the gun? Oh, oh,
0: okay. Which actually, for MacGyver, that seems backwards. It seems like he would have taken the gun first.
1: Yeah, I I mean, uh. I think at the, I think he's realizing that he has time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so now, like again, he's just going crazy with his yeah. with his madman stuff.
0: He's handed over the pennant and the gun. He has nothing to lord over them. Yeah. He's still just going off in his impressions and weirdness. And McGeever kind of leans over to Ava go like, is he always like this? <laughs> he's like, and Phil Coney's like, no. <laughs> years have not been kind to this guy. Uh. And uh, the
1: last moment that we leave on uh, for Rich Little is he does a Porky Pig-esque impression. It's not the best Porky Pig. It's a pretty bad Porky Pig, actually. Um, But what's fun is that he does the... And And then then, then the
0: actual score fills in.
1: And that's how you get around copyright infringement. (laughs) Because he's doing one impersonation and then the musical score is doing another partial part of it. So it's not really a complete thing. Uh the uh the Act Five roundup is back at Sister Robin's Soup Kitchen where everyone is chanting for uh Abe Vigoda to come out with his food. Yeah. But MacGyver and uh Sister Robin are inside by themselves, wondering where Abe is. Yeah. Because apparently Abe has decided to use the money to help save Sister Robin's soup kitchen and also become their chef.
0: Right. But only after deciding to leave town. Yeah. And- forget about all these people that he doesn't care about. Yeah, he,
1: he 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 eventually does arrive in, like, a Hawaiian shirt and a hat and yeah. a big old pack suitcase. And he says, what do, you, what do you think that I was with the hat and the suitcase? You think I was going to leave town? Well, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Until I heard Harry's voice on the radio. And uh, it's unclear
0: what he means by this. If it's yeah. like, he just heard Harry's voice because he felt guilty, or if like a song or something that a radio personality said reminded him of what Harry would have said yeah. to him at that time, or or if literally a recording of Harry's voice is coming out of e- his radio. Yeah,
1: like it would have been nice to have like like the radio announcer kind of go like, so yeah, we got this message like five six years ago that we're supposed to play it today, so here it is. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> like like a Back to the cue. Future,
1: like a Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, they
0: said, uh, you know, everybody back at the post office was. <laughs> Betting on whether or not you'd be here to receive this letter.
1: Looks like I lost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's that actor?
1: I don't uh, even remember. He was in like, Happy Gilmore as the guy who kept running off the golf court going, Jackass!
0: <laughs> oh, the dad from Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Uh, I forget his name. <sighs> I like him. I didn't realize that was him.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, Flaherty. Joe Flaherty? No, Joe Flaherty is the golf announcer. Joe Flaherty. Joe Flaherty. Oh, I was right. Okay. Yeah. And who's the Flaherty? Who's the... It's F- Faraday? There's also a, a golf announcer uh, who's very similar in name. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry. I do watch golf now and then.
0: Do you? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> um, I only watch golf when Adam Sandler's playing.
1: Well, there you go. <laughs> Just
0: for that one movie.
1: Um, you should check out Tin Cup. It's also a fun little movie.
0: Is that the – Does Cheech Marin in that? Yeah. I, then I And I've seen that Rene one
1: Russo before. and yeah. – uh, One of the few movies where Kevin Costner actually smiles, which is always a good thing. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Kevin Costner – I I have have a big thing. It's like Kevin Costner never smiles in his movies. He's never happy. He's always frumpy or dealing with something dramatic or sad. Um, The few times he smiles is like Silverado, Tin Cup. Um, I really like him in 3K MTG, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Because uh, he's so crazy. In 3K that.
0: MTG. Who calls it that? I
1: call it that. <laughs> 3K
0: MTG. Oh
1: uh, anyway, so yeah, the. It ra- comes
0: up a conversation so often that I built <laughs> an acronym for it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, if you know the movie, you know that that acronym is appropriate. Uh,
0: <laughs> Clearly, I don't.
1: <laughs> check out 3,000 Miles of Graceland.
0: And then, while you're at it, check out MST3K. <laughs>
1: Uh, It's a guilty pleasure movie. Uh, Yeah, so Harry's voice on the radio is never fully explained.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And uh, so we end with Bill Cody, Abe Vigoda, cooking at this soup kitchen. Right. Which I was thinking, like, well, you know, he's old. How long could he possibly be cooking at this soup kitchen?
0: Apparently 30 years
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, thinking, Abe Vagoda's really old in in 1990, so he can't be doing this. Until 2015, yeah. 2016. Oh, but yeah, he was
0: around for 26 more years after that.
1: <laughs> so I was like, "Oh man, a quarter, a quarter, another quarter of a century
0: of delicious soup." Um, I assume he only made soup.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's soup
0: kitchen. That whole book was just soups.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different soups. There's like, there's, there's like, like eight, wontons, eight soups. chicken noodle.
0: So you can't even name more than two. I'm not, no, I'm not letting you name more than two. <laughs>
1: new england clam chowder
0: <laughs> the red or the white
1: <laughs> Ugh, i always hated the red kind you ever had that no Ugh, it's like a beef broth In fact, or something my
0: entire knowledge of the red is from that one joke for me
1: <laughs> i accidentally bought a can of it one time and i was like this is disgusting well that's harry's will yeah it's a crazy episode
0: i like this episode a lot i wish there were more MacGyver episodes like this. I wish there were more TV episodes like this. Yeah. Where they just reach out to every random famous person they know and have them say one line.
1: Yeah. Well, um, that's what you have Arrested Development for.
0: Yeah. I think Rich Little is great in this. I really enjoy the – because, you know, so often you, you have a villain who's just pure evil and it's just blamed on insanity. You yeah, know, yeah, Like two times trouble type situation. and. If a person really was crazy, they wouldn't be even looking out for their own best interest. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I love that he just hands over the pennant, just hands over the gun. Yeah. And and people had complained on, I think on the MacGyver Project or in other um, MacGyver forums about him kind of ruining the episode with his like hammy weirdness. But I think it's perfect. And I feel like if you were to modernize it a little bit and you had Robin Williams in here doing oh, a bunch yeah, of random yeah, yeah. impressions and... Just kind of going off, and everyone being like, oh, "Is this guy totally insane?" Like, it w- just would have been really funny. Yeah I, yeah, I think in in the context of his career, that this is this is a really funny bit for him to be playing this this totally crazy character. Mm-hmm.
1: And just 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 basically, yeah, just run through run through everything you got. Yeah, doesn't have to make sense. I'm sure none of that was scripted.
0: Oh, I guarantee like, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, just just go. Whatever you say is what's going to be on in the show.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they even decided, like, maybe there was a, a scene here where they actually reason with him and get the pendant in the gun away. But yeah. he just kept going off on his impression. They were like, what if you just keep doing that? Yeah. Can we just ask you for the stuff and you just give it to us. Yeah,
1: Indiana Jones, like, like yeah, style.
0: Yeah. Uh, Everybody had dysentery on the side of MacGyver. <laughs> and they were like, I'm not going to do this fight scene we've been rehearsing for three days.
1: Yeah. And we hired this professional, like, swordsman
0: Speaking of Indiana Jones, this is all, totally off track. Have you heard of a podcast called uh, The Film Reroll Podcast? No, no. Everybody listening, go check out The Film Reroll Podcast. Um, I don't play Dungeons & Dragons, so I don't know all the rules and everything. But there, there are a couple Dungeons & Dragons podcasts out there that are pretty funny. One of them is, a, is Brian Posehn and all of his buddies, so it's just a bunch of comedians playing Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, yeah. But this is better it's more entertaining for me because it's not like the fantasy land of dungeons and dragons it's like at the beginning of the movie or at the beginning of the podcast episode they say today we're doing back to the future 2 this guy's playing as marty Mm -hmm. this guy's playing as jennifer this guy's playing as doc and they roll for every decision that they make over the course so they make terrible decisions or they make yeah. great decisions and it just like takes the movie completely off course or they follow the scene exactly as it happened yeah. in the movie but it's really funny they're all comedians that are that host the show um, nobody that I'm whose work I'm familiar with but I only listened to the first two episodes and the first one is back to the future 2 the second one is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. They're both so funny. It's oh, awesome. I'll we'll have
1: to check it out. I have not seen this. Yeah. It's heard this. It's,
0: it's great, though. I, I definitely recommend it to anybody. I just thought of that when we were talking about Raiders there. I was like, I yeah. should mention this podcast because it's super funny. Uh, they're only like 12 episodes in, two right now, but it's great.
1: At the end of every episode, they should roll to continue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it was like – well. After this, I'll tell you a little bit about how the Back to the Future 2 one goes, because there's right. ridiculousness oh, awesome. in it. Oh, Yeah. Um, this episode is wonderful.
1: Yeah, I, I think really so. I really liked it. Yeah. I, 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 it's an episode I remember, because I just, I just remember all the people who were in it. Um, although, I was always confused, I think, for a long time, when I reflected back on this episode, that I thought Rich Little was Fred Willard.
0: Um, oh, that's funny. Well, there is definitely a resemblance. Yeah,
1: I for some reason I had in my mind whenever I tried to picture Rich Little, I was like, who's that guy look like?" Oh, it kind of looks like Fred Willard. I think that, that that's who it was. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like you know, Fred Willard is like, he, he's like I don't on, know goes what on he's. Script a lot. Yeah, it's like I don't know what he's famous for other than being in everything.
0: <laughs> well, it's he's kind of like the Christopher Guest, you know. He's, yeah. He's the he's. Christopher Guest is his Joe Dante. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's a, the Henry Gibson metaphor.
1: Because it's just like it's like oh, there's Fred Willard like in in a movie. It's like oh, uh, he's he's always fun. Yeah. Uh, so he's just like one of those actors that you just know and is in things.
0: I, I and as much work as he's had, I think honestly the hardest I've laughed at him was as the the boss in Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just so many lines in that that just.
1: Beep, boop me. boop up up up. You're fired. Boop up. You're fired.
0: But yeah, he's he's just phenomenal. I love that
1: guy. Don't actually, don't actually do the crack. Yeah, don't smoke crack. They're telling me not to smoke the crack. I'm gonna smoke the crack.
0: <laughs> and every time he's like, they walk into his office, he's like on the phone with one of his kids. It's like doing something nightmarish or terrible. Yeah. He's like, oh my, apparently my son was firing a bow and arrow into a crowd or something like that.
1: <laughs> uh, good times.
0: Like, well, who among us hasn't uh, had our share of pornography? No, of course you haven't, sister. I didn't mean to imply. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's about it for this one. Yeah,
1: I mean, we talked a lot about this episode. It's a good one.
0: Yeah. Um, If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, you can find us on Twitter, at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 8, MacGyver's Women.
1: Back to the Wild West.
0: Yeah. A lot of familiar faces in that one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening. Thank you.